Hey people, it is episode 271 of Griff's Brain Dump and it's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Um, are you well? It's uh, Sunday, Sunday morning. It's been a strange week, strange weekend for me. Uh, even the reason I'm recording this pod when I'm recording it is it's Sunday morning. I was meant to be playing football. I started playing football. Uh, then I was playing against a team that was on the wind-up and it descended into madness which resulted in one of my players uh well, my teammates being put in a headlock by one of their players and they really weren't going to let go um and then among the whole ensuing melee then uh allegedly because i don't know because i didn't hear anything but um one of the players girlfriends who's one of our players girlfriends was on the sideline heard the other team's players call me a black cunt and uh <laughs> I didn't hear it. It was that full John Terry, uh, we referred um, Anton Ferdinand moment. But it was like um, I didn't hear it, so I wasn't fussed, didn't care. Um, and it was at it was at the point in the game where um, our manager was kind of um and ahhing about whether we should continue playing the game or not. Because basically after the headlock, and out, so I think their player fouled out. Our player pulled him down to the ground. He put him in a headlock. And after that, the ref uh, said no one off. Booked no one. Didn't give anyone a talking to. Even before the game, all of our players going, oh, these guys are dirty. It's going to be a ridiculous game. I know it is. This ref shit. And I was like, guys, like, you, every game I said, guys, it's the same shit ref for both teams. It's this and that. I was wrong. <laughs> it, this was an issue. This is a problem. It, the game was descending into madness beforehand. And then it got even madder. And, uh, yeah, and then... So our manager was like, look, the next tackle that's going to go in is going to be nuts. It could actually break someone's leg. If the ref's not booking anyone, he hasn't calmed it down. He just wants to restart the game. So he was like, I'm not sure if I actually want to play the game. As manager, I've got to protect you guys as players. There's things bigger than football. People at work tomorrow. Life commitments. You know, no one needs a broken leg. It's, It's Sunday league football. And they're just, they're doing madness. It's like they were symbolising giving people elbows and all that kind of shit. Like, this is one of those nasty teams. And then, when uh, the rebel manager heard that someone had literally been racist, he was just like, nah, it's definitely done now. He's like, forget this. Nah, nah, nah. Forget it. Mm -mm, No. And a few other players as well was like, no, we're not playing then. I'm the only black guy in my team, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was cool because it, well, one bit that was cool. I think we've made a lot of progress in when it comes to racism. Is no one looked to me to decide. No one went, oh, shall we just? They it was a few. It manager, a few other players go, what? Fuck that. We ain't playing then. It was a straight nah. So I didn't have to decide. British fired because I didn't want to. <laughs> But yeah, so that's it, Sunday morning. So now I'm parked up somewhere just doing the pods. And then, um, yeah, then just got to get on with the day. And what a flipping weird day it's going to be, man. Because this week has been a strange week, as I said, as I've hinted at. Um, some of you listening already know, some of you uh, listening won't know. Uh, so uh, my, uh, I feel weird saying it on the pod, actually. Uh, yeah, so my my mother-in-law um, passed away yesterday. Uh, she's been ill for 
well, she'd been in hospital for a bit and she'd been on life support for a few weeks. And yesterday, uh, my, my wife had to say goodbye to her mother. And uh, and it's crazy. It's, it's just a crazy moment. Uh, she's She was a frequent listener of the pod as well. I'd always forget that she was listening. So she, she would tell Naomi things that I've said on the pod. Or she would know what was going on in my life that Naomi wouldn't. And stuff so it was this kind of weird triangular messaging s- system where if I wanted Naomi to know something I'll just say it on the pod then our mum would tell her <laughs> but uh yeah man and I know it's a stereotypical thing this is one of those weird stereotypes that right? people don't get on with their mother-in-law I think more people don't get on with their own parents than their spouse's parents but um but it, that really weren't the case, man. Um, I liked the woman. I loved the woman. I thought she was great. And uh, it's going to be missed, man. It's going to be flipping missed. Um, it's glad she got to to uh, see her daughter get married. And see her daughter settle down, have a child and meet her one and only grandchild. Like, Naomi's the only child. So she got to see her, her one child get married and have a kid. And I think that's what lots of parents want to see, right? Um, yeah, and long, long battle with, with illness. So this lady had organ transplants and uh, lupus. So a long battle with illness, man. Her life, like diagnosed with that stuff in her early twenties. I think maybe eighteen even. Diagnosed with uh, lupus and kidney failure in her early twenties and stuff. So she'd been on dialysis, all of that stuff, man. And this woman outlived all of the people she did dialysis with. And yeah, it's a long battle, long battle of just outliving people and defying the odds. But boy, f- 55 is is no age to to be dying, even if you have battle with health and stuff. But yeah, man, that's it's crazy. I mean, well, a few weeks ago, I buried my auntie. I mean, it feels a lot of, lot of death, but I guess there's not. It's, it's a weird year so far because. If if I just be really selfish and personal, it's been a great year. If I talk about family, then nah, not so much. And it's uh, I guess that's life, isn't it? Just give, take, ups, downs. And yeah, here we are, here we are, man. But yeah, that's I wanted to say that on the pod because I said she uh, she she listened and stuff. I don't even know what what goes on in the afterlife. I don't know if there is an afterlife of Stuff. So if there is, and she's still listening now, then I, I mean, I hope she is. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, sombre start to the pod. But uh, I thought I'd start it in that way, so then I don't get silly and banterous throughout the pod. But uh, yeah, so what else has happened this week uh, for me? Um, what else have I done this week? Monday, Tuesday, no, I gigged then. No, I gigged on Wednesday. Wednesday I was in Highgate. Um, so many places in London where it's like, I don't know, I feel like they should have their London licence revoked because they're not near enough to a tube station. And I feel like you just don't count as London. I know that writes off a lot of South London and so be it. Maybe they should just divide the city into London and South London. South London is a different place because you don't have tubes. But I was in Highgate, North London. And um, 
just like I guess I didn't have to walk that far to achieve stations for 12 minutes but it just felt far man I thought this this ain't London no everywhere should just be across the road from a tube station I say that but I just thought Tottenham's stadium is literally nowhere near a tube station and that's what makes it a shit area <laughs> gotta be near tube now or at least National Rail and a frequent one they've got White Hart Lane they've got Northampton Park frequent but yeah um, so I was in Highgate tried that little bit of new stuff uh, and then first I was in Dorchester down in Dorchester weird because I was in Hereford the other week and I think as the crow flies Dorchester's further than Hereford but as the car drives n- not even close took me just over two hours to get back from Dorchester back to Hertfordshire like it's not even not even speeding speed limit legal Google Maps, they said, yep, 2 hour 20. I was like, no way. On the way there, about three hours. Hey, it was doable because I've got to get my stamina up of driving home. Um, It's just about prep. It's just about prep. You can't just wing it and try to drive home after a gig like that. You've got to have a bag full of treats to keep you awake. I had chocolate-covered waffles. Haribos, coffee in a can, water, and, uh, and crisps. Um, you, you, what you do, you, you listen to a podcast at the beginning, and then just get into the music towards the end of the trip. Because, like, yeah, because I've done it before. Where I've tried to drive back from Bournemouth the same day I got there. Right, so you know, left left the house at three thirty, got to the gig. Found parking, rolled to the gig, starts at 7.30, 8 o'clock, leave at 11, get back home at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah? And I didn't have any prep. You know, it's like driving that late. And you're getting woken up by real safety devices. (laughs) Like lane departure. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. You get just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. So wow, right, it's really dark here. <laughs> Rumble strip. You open your eyes. He's like, oh, my eyes were closed. That's why it was so dark. Oh no. You start trying to put the music loud, the window down, screaming the lyrics to the song. This is how we do. Nobody do it like we do. Open the club. This is. And it's just like you start falling asleep and you start slurring this fresh night. Ah, uh, impulse. Ah, uh, chromodrotics. Eight oh eight drops. <laughs> You are that tired. You're just fading. And he's like, wow, I'm a danger to myself and other drivers right now. So I'm like, I can't do that anymore. I need to clock where the service stations are. Now I'll pull over to the service station, get an iced coffee, coffee flavoured ice cream. Got to go cold because, again, the warmth of a coffee will negate the caffeine boost for me. If I need a caffeine boost, now I just gotta either have a cold, like frappe, yeah, like caffeinated one, or a shot, you know, like an espresso. If I start getting a nice creamy latte, I'm done. You know what I mean? I might just close my eyes and drive off a bridge because I I am asleep if I drink something that hot and and creamy. Mm mm. No, no. 
So that's what you got to do. You've got to know your body. Sweets are good to me. The Haribos for the late night drive. That's it, man. But, um, and what you should listen to as well is like, uh, like a Capital Extra Reloaded. One of those channels. Because as much as new music might be hype, like listen to a little bit of drill, cool. But nothing's going to wake you up when you hear like some song from the 90s or the early 2000s that you was actually raving to and you completely forgot. You're there driving along and it's like, Ross, Sierra was actually bad, you know. That is that is what you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're listening to artists, it's like, I forgot this guy had this song. G-Unit might have been the best rap group ever. <laughs> As you're driving along. Stunt 101. He's like, okay, this is a tune. Um, yeah. So I was driving back from Dorchester. That was fun. Dorchester Art Centre. Um, which was mad, actually, because it's been refurbished. So you've got the, all the old kind of... Cor- it's Corn Exchange, that's what it was. So all the old architects for that you've got the brand new seat and the lighting stuff but they haven't got a dressing room so the dressing room is actually down the road what would you say that down the not across the forecourt down the road Uh, to walk there was no light backstage they just had this lamp plugged in and then we had to walk through these double doors pitch black through a fire exit not a proper exit a fire exit under scaffolding, through a construction site, through a gate, onto the main road, and then walk down the main road, about four doors down, past some porter cabins, four doors down, and then we was in the council's offices, and that's where our green room was. So, so felt so bad for Liz, who was the duty manager of the day. She had to run from the theatre to the office to collect the axe. <laughs> Shout out Liz though. I actually remember the name as well, which is good. Um, but yeah, so that was Thursday, and then um, then Friday met my friends. Uh, met with my friends. Mate from Australia's over. Two I've got two friends from Australia over. Do don't know each other. They both come into the UK at the same time, which is weird. Don't know what's going on in Australia. Yeah, and then that's so we got the news uh, from the hostel from my mother-in-law, and uh, yeah, man. Then Saturday. I was just at home with, with the baby and stuff. Then Sunday we are here this morning. Sunday we are here this morning. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I've gone sombre again. That isn't the plan. What's been going on in the world? In the, in the news? In the news? What's, what's happened? Um, Will Smith banned for 10 years from the Oscars. Is that too harsh? I mean, I don't know. Slapping someone in the face is unprecedented. So I guess the punishment will be unprecedented um i guess that's fair right in 10 year ban what what's annoying me though about the ban is the people the what about isms that people do it because they're not like for like you know what i mean so i saw someone tweet oh you know you're banned for 10 years we only like um white people doing violence on stage thank you very much just like uh, hold on Literally, no one's ever slapped anyone at the Oscars. It's never happened. It's not a black or white thing. It's you just smack someone. I mean, it is always black or white thing, but not in that context. It's a black man slapping another black man. I mean, it was a coin toss of whose side I was on when it happened. You know what I mean? 
it was a white comedian and a black guy. I'd be like, oh, Will Smith's right, because he's black, and I am. <laughs> and if it was Chris Rock as a white actor, I'm like, what the fuck's this, man? Can't slap Chris Rock. It was his white privilege. I thought he could get on stage to slap him. I would have been doing all of that. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, uh, no, but he's, he's been banned yeah, 10 years from, from the Oscars. Which is uh, hilarious. Because I know what happened. Within those 10 years, he'll, he'll release a film that will be so sick and so undeniably good, right? That it's going to cast this shadow across the Oscars. That everyone knows this film. Actually, he's banned, right? I don't, I'm not sure if that means he's banned from winning. Because if he's in the film... And then the film wins best, best in film, best actress, best supporting act. You know what I mean? It starts with cinema, it wins 11 Oscars. The only one it doesn't win is best actor. And it's like, ah. It was like, we, we know he should have, you know what I mean? You, you can still win the Oscars. You still win Oscars. Or it doesn't mean any film he's involved in is just now flipping two foot tackled. It's done. It's been chopped. So now he becomes radioactive. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, yo. Let me talk about Rishi Sunak's wife. Yeah? Because I I don't really have a political party. I guess, you know, being from a working class, ethnic background. I meant to vote Labour, right? And... Um, even though most first gen, most uh, ethnic minorities in this country, well, actually, what's the new term? Global majority ethnic? Fucking hell, black. Right, so <laughs> yeah, most black people I know, uh, and Asian stuff, yeah, they might grow up in a poorer area here, regardless of what job they did back in in the Africa or the Caribbean or Asia. The, the, they got middle class conservative sensibilities they don't like the idea of benefits and stuff they they work hard get your head down you know pull up your your bootstraps is that kind of thing get your head down they're religious they don't like you know new age things and you know what i mean they, they have uh airs and graces about them these these this is my good china my good glasses um, we don't have the space we do now, but you, your grandparents, though, you bet they've got a front room that no one can go in. Yeah, it's like a parlour room for guests to sit in. Yeah. Airs and graces. These are middle class. I'm not sure if it's uh, kind of a post-colonial thing. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. But the point I was making is about my affiliation with the with the Conservatives. I don't have any. Um, and it's not about that. My thing um, is how Rishi Sunak's wife's been dragged through the mud here. And it's how people uh, how people react to certain news. So if you don't know, I'm talking around it. Rishi Sunak's wife, uh, first she had, she, she has shares in a company, I think, Infosys. Her family of billionaires, right? She's from a family of billionaires. 
they've got a company called Infosys who had offices in Moscow. So everyone's like, ooh, you're affiliated with Russia. What are you going to do about it? So it's like, okay, we'll shut down the office then. And there's a, mm, okay. And there's a, ooh, you don't pay any UK tax. What are you going to do about it? And it's like, I think she does pay UK tax, but she pays, guess what she doesn't pay UK tax on? Profits she's made from outside of the UK. Yes, an Indian woman, I'm not talking about Indian as in your mate Sanjay who's born in Wembley and his parents are Indian. No, he is Indian, but not that Indian. I'm talking about born in India, raised in India, international business person. Yeah. Makes money abroad and we go, fuck you, pay your taxes, pay UK taxes on that. And this dickhead's gone, all right then, because it's just so, oh, we want, we want approval, we want the power, we want, we want, we want to be prime minister one day. So now they're paid UK taxes on money they didn't generate in the UK. That makes no sense. That's the accountant in me. Tax efficiencies. Makes no sense at all. It's like when people get on Lewis Hamilton. He don't pay taxes in the UK. One, yes, he does. And two, he doesn't have to. Yes, he is actually British. So there's more than, I guess, more of an obligation to pay taxes in the UK. But think about his job. Where does he work? There's only one British Grand Prix a year. The rest of the time, he's all over the place. He's not generating his money in the UK. He's not working in the UK. I bet he's hardly living in the UK. But we feel this entitlement. Give us your money. And it's just this weird, this focus on individuals, right? When, in fact, there are companies. I've worked for these companies. Where it is actually... is, Is tax avoidance, it's allowed, it's not tax evasion... But the spirit of the law is not being followed in the sense of the business operates in the UK. It employs staff in the UK. It employs, it works with suppliers in the UK. Customers are in the UK. But the head office is somewhere else in a tax efficient place. And the bank account is somewhere else in a tax efficient place. And the money goes from this place to that place to this place to this place. And therefore, and the holding company's based somewhere else. And therefore, the profits are then deemed to not actually be in the UK. And it's just like, yeah, come on. You know what you're doing. Shit like that. That's where the clampdown should come. Right? But instead, you want to harangue individuals. It's just weird. It's just symbolic. There's not actually real money being generated. I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm just not a fan. And now they're trying to make out Rishi Sunak's cooking the books and he's not a trustworthy guy now. It's the Schmidt, the smear. I don't know. Where's the smear come from? I don't know. Let's get our tinfoil hats on, people. Where's the smear coming from? Because it's not going to come from the Labour Party. Is it Boris? 
Because there's always been, as soon as Rishi came, you know, when lockdown came, he started handing out your help how to eat out, your furloughs and all that stuff. Everyone's like, hey, oh, it's Rishi, guys, all right. You know what I mean? Rishi became the star of the show. He was a lead singer. He, he Justin Timberlake. Because if you look at NSYNC, JC Chazez was the lead singer. Timberlake weren't lead singer. Then Timberlake got Timberlakey and then became lead singer. You know what I mean? Like Gary Barlow, Robbie Williams type thing. Boris Johnson's Gary Barlow. He's the lead singer, but oh, hey, Rishi, come. He's got the X Factor. He's the star man. He's the Robbie Williams. That's what happened. I'm telling you. Oh, that's my tinfoil hat. I mean, new album came out. It's like, why has Rishi got so many lead vocals here? I'm the lead singer. It's like, yeah, but we've done a survey and the the fans are really liking this guy. Damn, man. And um, what else has he got? Oh, he's got a US green card as well. I don't know. The whole Tory party is in some weird little death spiral. But guess what? They're still going to win the next election. If they did the election tomorrow, Tories would win. Because half this country don't even know what a Keir Starmer is. Keir Starmer sounds like some kind of curry. Two Lambooners. Um, a rogue, Lamb Rogan Josh. Chicken Tikka. What do you want? You, you want tikka masala at you? What do you want? Lamb, lamb kiyosama. Okay, you get that. Oh, and some pilau rice, please. Two lamb kiyosamas. All right. Cheers, mate. And another round of beers, thanks. And Papa Dubs. And the lamb kiyosama. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, you know, like, no one knows who he is. No one knows any of his personality. At least with Corbyn, yeah? Uh, whether you liked him or disliked him, you knew who he was. He, he, get, he generated an opinion. People had to have, felt like they had to have an opinion on the guy. Um, and he got smeared out of here, man. My man got smeared out of here. Because he refused to play the games of politics. He could have won easy, you know, because... His character was good. Um, his policies, you could say debatable but good. But in a sense, his main selling point was everyone goes politicians lie, and this guy didn't. And he refused to. So when it comes to them playing dirty tactics with him, they would go low. He wouldn't go low. And if he simply just went low, he would have battered them. But he refused. They didn't win. And then we left it going, why have we got these lot? And it's because you know why. But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, but yeah, Tories will be in power again next year. Um, what else? What else has happened? What else has happened in the world? Uh, yeah, look, people really chatting shit. Like, Akshata Murti, that's, um, Rishi Sunak's wife is worth 27 billion 
and went all the way, all to that trouble to avoid 20 million uh, tax. Yeah, she can afford it. That is the same as having 27,000 in the bank account and dodging paying 20 quid. The greed is mind boggling. I mean, when you put it like that, lovely. But that is how you get rich, mate. This, you know what I mean? Because you, you're, you're making those decisions all the time. You're making the most financially efficient decision all the time. So it's just, it's just silly. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, this is the rules. Are, his thing is, is, is the rules. The rules are the rules, and these people are following the rules. And rather than us get upset at the rules because they're too complicated to understand, we just get upset at the individuals following the rules and benefiting from them. I mean, that's what happens with tax affairs all the time. It's too complicated for the average person to understand. All they see is the numbers. You what? 20 million? Fuck off. Get him. Or them. Or they. Anyway. <laughs> um, right. Anything else going on? Anything else aguanin? Um Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I mean, Tottenham smashing it. Come on. Um. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, oh, and United doing shit. Cristiano slapping phones out of children's hands. But do you know what? That's 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 a storm teacup because lots of players will be able to get away with that shit. Loads would. <laughs> Loads. Um. Right, let's see, let's see, let's see. Was there anything more? Anything? Eurovision? Was the, I don't know if I'm clicking that. Um, Justice with Johnny Depp? That's, these are things that are trending. Brooklyn Beckham's trending. Okay. Oh, he's married some rich girl. Fair enough. All right. I think that's it. I think that's it. Um. Yeah, I think that's just just having a quick, quick scan up. Kiev. Kiev. Oh, Boris Johnson's in Kiev. Um. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's it. I think that's it. Let's get on to some dear Deirdre then, because um. Was all oh, this other stuff is uh, boring. Dear Deirdre, uh, wow, okay, that's mad. Dear Deirdre, I cheat on my husband and then go on a shop, go on shopping sprees to make myself feel better. You what? Dear Deirdre, I'm trapped in a miserable cycle of guilt. I cheat on my husband and then compulsively shop to make myself feel better. I'm 33. He's 36. We've been together for nine years. Last year, the doctor told us I'll never be able to have children because I'm going through early menopause. I see. And you got married because you wanted a family and kids. And you saw them as a good mother or father. 
but maybe didn't like them that much. Is that what happened? Because I, hey, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on you there. Because me and my wife had this conversation. Hey, that was one of the things that attracted me to my wife, and one of the things that attracted her to me was our the potential we saw in each other as parents of our hypothetical children. Because there's a lot of guys smashing girls with the booty on Instagram and the Insta beige look, pouty lips. But then when you spaff your beans in her, she's now carrying your child and she's still trying to pose on the gram. <laughs> carrying your child in handbags. You're like, uh, hey, yo, what's going on? Because you didn't think about it. I think nowadays when you marry someone, you've got to think about what they're going to be like as a wife. Uh, if you want kids, what uh, what they're going to be like as a mother. And also, you slightly got to think about what they'd be like as an ex-wife. As, hey, if me and her split up and, I, you know, neither of us cheat. We just split up. What are they going to, are they going to be bitter and twisted? Is it going to be hard to see my kid? Vice versa, if your woman's like, is this guy actually going to want to be active? I'm going to be after to take the court, get money from him. Seriously, I think you've got to look at your partner like, what would you be like as an ex as well? Because marriages, I think they're getting better at lasting now. Because I think people getting married for better reasons and thinking about it more. And rather than just doing it because it's the done thing. But you got to think about it, man. And I think that's what's happened here. They've got married. Thought he'd be a good dad. But here's the thing. There was other things about my wife that I liked that, that made me like her. Just being a good mum was something that I thought would added to it. Whereas I think here, you might settle down so I go, well, they're, they're good, Dad. Then you can't have kids. You look at yourself, looking at him sleeping, so like, why the fuck did I marry this guy? Anyway, my husband doesn't seem to mind, but I'm devastated. Sorry, so last year the doctor told us I'll never be able to have children because I'm going through early menopause. My husband doesn't seem to mind, but I'm devastated. Because he married you for you. He really likes you. That's why. So he's like, well, we've got each other. And she's like, I don't want you, Dave. Um, Most of the time, I feel numb and empty inside. The affairs make me feel temporarily better, but soon enough, the dark thoughts return. I work as a receptionist in a hotel, so it's easy to flirt with guests, and sometimes they invite me back to their room. Jesus. Never. Never got that vibe. Any hotel stayed in. There's one hotel staying in Ipswich. Some nice woman worked on reception. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just didn't have the sauce. But it's a nice hotel. And I'm staying there. Putting everything on the room. And that shit's getting paid. Um, She wasn't impressed. <laughs> anyway. Um, in the hotel. So it's easy to flirt. And guess invite back to their room. I love my husband. And only want to be with him. But having sex with random men. Distracts me from the pain. Of not being able to become a mum. More and more, I'm crushed by an overwhelming sense of guilt. Wait, because you can't have kids, are you going bareback? That's that's a real question. I need to know. Because you're like, I can't get pregnant anyway. Whatever. Because you can still get your diseases. Okay? Diseases. The gum. The clamid. The eh? The syphilis. The herpes. The HIPV, the HIV, so much. 
Yeah, I want that. Um, so more and more, I'm crushed by the overwhelming sense of guilt. I bet, and now I've got a new vice: shopping. My retail therapy started small. I treated myself to coat, new coats and shoes. Now I'm racking up debt on my credit card. Jesus, this is an absolute fucking disaster. Most of the time, I've no idea. I have no need for the random products I buy. I don't even unwrap half of them. I just love clicking the buy button, and it helps me forget the guilt of cheating and and the hurt of being childless. Is it is is impossible to tell people how to deal with that, right? Um, but you'd hope people would just lean into the benefits of being child, like going on holidays and doing trips and just activities and experiences that you just you hear your friends who have kids can't do you know but to be smashing random hotel guests and just clicking buy online that's that's not the one um how do i break this cycle um sorry but this doesn't last uh last forever either lying to my husband about what i spend just makes me feel worse how do i break this cycle i'm so worried about how this story will end i hate myself for what i'm doing but i can't stop yeah because here's the thing he might not find out about your cheating okay but he will find out about your spending and your spending is directly to your guilt about your cheating but you won't be able to say that so therefore you won't be able to explain why you're spending so much you can say yeah, it's because of a childless thing, but he's like, mm, no, it's not really making sense. So now you're going to look crazy and tie yourself up nuts because you're going to be telling half truths and half lies. Oh, dear. Okay. This is cool. Just friends. Work pals say I'm having an affair with a married older woman, but we are not. Okay. Dear Deirdre, even though my best friend at work is 28 years my senior, everyone thinks we're having an affair. I am a 23-year-old guy and a teaching assistant at a secondary school. Uh, she is married science teacher of 51. We used to get on really well and eat lunch together most days, but a month ago, some students saw us eating together in her classroom. They started spreading gossip that they saw us kissing and worse, our colleagues have even joined in the teasing in the staff room. We used to talk all the time, but she's keep she keeps her distance now. That's that's actually sad. I've actually felt a bit sad because at the end of the day, right? As humans, we just like other human beings. We learn to not like other human beings. I know that sounds very airy fairy and kumbayaist, but it's true. Think about when you see kids see another kid. The they don't really need much. But, Do you want to be my friend? Do you want to play with me? Okay, done. You have to teach kids about stranger danger. If you don't teach kids about stranger danger, they would get kidnapped every day. He's my new friend. He's like, he's 37, you are four. <laughs> you know what I mean? He meet your friend for the first time. Hello. You want to see my toys in my room? Your friend's like, I don't want to go to your child's room. Uh, no. That's what kids are like. Now, I think if if we lived a life unfettered by society, we'd carry on like that. So sometimes you have a little, just you meet a kindred spirit, something just get on with. And oh, randomly, 23-year-old guy gets over a 51-year-old woman. They're having a great time and a laugh. And whatever reason, one of them might remind them of someone who they know. An auntie, a nephew, mum and son. Maybe even ex-girlfriends, maybe ex 
boyfriends like sh- he might remind her of her husband when he was younger might remind her of a brother you know what I mean just be anything or she might just like the guy just a nice guy and now because she's married and she's respected her marriage she's like I can't have these rumours spinning around so I'm backing off and now you can't have your friendship you know how useful it is as like a teaching assistant to have a teacher an older teacher as a friend you can give that career advice, that guidance. It's mad. It's mad, it's mad, it's mad. Um, she's leaving at the end of this year and I want to stay in touch and be friends. Ah, oh, but when I mention it to her, she gives vague replies. I reckon she thinks I fancy her, but I don't. If anything, I see her like a mum, especially as mine lives abroad. Ah, oh, man. What you need to do is you need to find a girlfriend. Um, and also just say it out to her, go, look, just, just reassure her, go, look, I really don't fancy you. I see you like a mum. And then that's when, she, this is where you find out whether she actually fancies you and whether it's, you know, the, the fire in her loins are burning too hot. And that's why she's distanced herself. Because if she just sees you as a friend and you go, yeah, you, you're like a mum to me. If she's like a mum, that's when she wanted to slap your face with some titties. But, she should be, if she's really a sincere friend, she might say, oh, that's really nice to say. Do, do what I do miss sitting down with you. Da, da, da. And you'd be like, it's all good. And then you, your friendship's back again. Yeah? In oh, bygones are bygones, and you have a hug, and then you hug for a bit too long, and then she feels your boner against her leg, and then you start kissing on the lips. <laughs> oh, so mature. Um, okay. One more. One more. One more. Um, let's see. Uh, one more. Nah, I'm not doing that one again. Jesus. It's just uh, it's just one of those dumb ones where someone gets turned on by their partner cheating. I'm not doing that one. Okay, this one's odd, but another married one. No affection. I have sex with my husband, but we don't make love. Ooh, dear, 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 my husband and I still have sex, but we don't make love anymore. What is making love? It's, it's just sex, but slower with a bit of R&B music in the background, right? Can we talk for a minute? <laughs> Music and the lights dimmed. That's making love, isn't it? Yeah, I guess if it was music, you you make love to R and B, be to rap to hip hop. Don't call in the combat. <laughs> oh Jesus, got sex to that? No, you can. Anyway, um, I'm 56. My husband is 61 and we've been married for 23 years. I'm not asking for rose petals on the bed and candles around the room. I just want a bit of affection. Use the tongue, mate. When we were young, we used to have nights of passion. Back then, he'd care about pleasuring me. Use the tongue, mate. But now there's no romance involved. He just gets down to it without any foreplay at all. Use the tongue, mate. I don't feel loved. I don't feel wanted. I just... I'm just a post he ruts against. <laughs> uh, and it's not only in the bedroom. When we go out, he doesn't hold hands with me. And I can't even recall the last time he told me 
he loved me. But I'm worried about saying anything in case that stops the very last bit of intimacy we have left. Use the tongue, mate. That's all you need to do, love. Tell him, get the tongue activated, Jeff. All right? Activate the tongue and we're making love. That's all you need. I mean, that's all you need. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. That's a fucking ladybug in this car again. How are they getting in? All right, bro, that's the end of the pod. Um, I'm going to start these ladybirds and run some errands today. All right, people, peace. Wait, before I say peace, can you see me this week? I'm in, I'm in Soho on Tuesday. I think that's it. I'm not kicking around. Oh, a stand-up club, London Bridge, on Saturday. All right, people, peace.